A defiant Alec Murdoch says he is innocent, promiscuous police officer, or pressured into perversion. Sam Bankman-Fried gets worse, if that was even possible. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, leave me a comment below, and hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Before we get to the docket, let's support those that support Crime Talk. Go to the link, crimetalksearch.com. Sign up for that background subscription service. You're going to be happy that you did. When you have that service, which you can cancel at any time, you can search anyone here in the United States, and you're going to get a background search done literally while you wait. And that report will be emailed to you, which you can download and do with it what you please. But it's going to have information as to whether somebody has a criminal history. Do they have judgments against them? Do they have liens against them? Are they married? Are they divorced? Are they in one of those public registries? You know, all the things you want to know about somebody. Go to crimetalksearch.com. You'll be happy you did. We've had people that have written to us and said, I was going to start dating somebody and I found out what their criminal history existed of. Bad stuff. Don't do it. All right, let's go ahead and open the record as we begin the docket for March 3rd of 2023. Well, as you all know, after just three hours of deliberation, Alec Murdoch was convicted of the murders of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, after a six-week trial. Like I noted, three hours, a little less than three hours to return a unanimous guilty verdict for both slains. Alec Murdoch was then remanded into custody of the South Carolina Department of Corrections. And after a short pre-sentencing statement at the uh, courthouse Friday, Alec Murdoch maintained that he did not pull the trigger. And at the family's estate on June 7th of 2021, he said, quote, I'm innocent. I would never hurt my wife, Maggie, or my son, Paw Paw. Using the nickname, obviously, for Paul Murdoch, his youngest son, who perished, shotgun, wound, blast, whatever you want to call it. That's right. Uh, in a very classy move, I think uh, Prosecutor Creighton Waters asked the judge, Judge Clifton Newman, for the maximum life sentence in prison. There was no doubt in the courtroom he was going to get that. But I thought the prosecution handled the situation uh, with dignity and grace this morning. Uh, Murdoch's defense team of Mr. Griffin and Mr. Dick Harptulian planned to uh, speak sometime later, uh, and uh, Mr. Waters indicated that no victims had wanted to speak at sentencing, saying that it is a very complicated situation. Obviously, the closest surviving relative of Maggie and Paul is the son and brother, Buster Murdoch, who testified in favor of his father uh, at his uh, trial, and he was there for out the trial for his father. Now, as we noted, the jury of seven men and five women took less than three hours before unanimously finding Murdoch guilty of those murders. A juror has spoken out and said that originally uh, nine jurors were immediately convinced that guilt was the only option. Two uh, were leaning towards not guilty and one was unsure. And then it took them, well, less than uh, three hours to bring everybody over to the guilty side where the unanimous verdict was read. 
frankly, I was surprised at how quickly it came back. I figured they were at least taken a day or so, maybe even the next week, which was my prediction, maybe Monday after lunch, you know, when they get a, their free lunch on Monday. But no, they had it seen enough. Uh, and basically what it came down to was that they didn't believe Alec Murdoch. They think that he lied. Just like we noted, I've said all along, uh, whether it's the attorney or the defense defendant, if a jury believes that you are lying, they are going to punish you. Clearly, they did not believe Alec Murdoch's testimony at all. So at this morning's uh, sentencing, Judge uh, Newman called Murdoch's conduct uh, duplicious, both leading up to the indictment and throughout the trial. He said that the Murdoch story of a normal day leading up to the murders was not credible and simply not believable, and he was unable to convince anyone else of his story. He said that Murdoch's families controlled justice in this community for over a century. A man whose grandfather's portrait hangs at the back of the courthouse, he said, the judge said, which he had to order removed to ensure that a fair trial was had by both the state and the defense. Now, the judge went on to say that, as well as a known member of the legal community, you have practiced law before me, the judge stated, and it was especially heartbreaking for the court to see you go from being a grieving father who lost a wife and son to being the person indicted and convicted of killing them. Now, Judge Newman said he didn't question the state's decision not to seek the death penalty against Alec Murdoch, but he said many defendants who had been sentenced in the Walterboro Courthouse had received death for less heinous offenses, obviously referring to the Murdoch family who had been in control of that jurisdiction for the last hundred years. Newman asked Mr. Murdoch what he meant when he said on the witness stand, what a tangled web we weave in reference to his previous lies. Alec Murdoch responded, when I lied, I continue to lie, he said. And the question is, when will it end? The judge asked Mr. Murdoch, noting the jury determined that you lied throughout your testimony and that many would say you continue to lie in your statement to the court today at sentencing. So Newman said he could only imagine that Paul and Maggie visit you every night when you go to sleep and will continue to do so. Alec Murdoch then said, I respect this court, but I am innocent. The court then noted it might not have been you in response to that uh, statement by Mr. Murdoch, the court said, it might be the monster you become when you take 50, 60 opioid pills. You become a different person. So there wasn't anything for the defense to say today. Alec Murdoch got his right of allocution to say that he was innocent. The defense said nothing. Everybody in the courtroom knew exactly what was coming, and that was two consecutive life sentences. Alec Murdoch will die in prison. A lot of questions, though, people wanted to know, will the financial crime cases go forward? More than likely they will. More than likely they will result in a guilty plea. But if Mr. Murdoch wants his trial, the state will certainly oblige him of that trial, and they're going to basically uh, read the transcript from his testimony on the stand. So it just really doesn't matter. I thought the uh, prosecution handled it like I said, with grace and with eloquence today, saying it was a delicate situation and that their hearts go out, obviously, to the Murdoch family. But Alec Murdoch needed to be punished, and the only appropriate sentence was two consecutive life sentences. 
I cannot disagree with the prosecution. Next on the docket, promiscuous cop or pressured into perversion, right? Remember that Tennessee police officer fired over her uh, sexual aggressiveness with a slew of fellow police officers? Well, she says that she is the victim and that she felt terrorized calling out her bosses for her sexual binges. Speaking publicly for the first time, uh, Megan Hall uh, stated that she repeatedly uh, tried to douse the sexual advances of her sergeant at the Laverne Police Department, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. So, you know, she just did it anyway. She said that the on-the-job affair with Sergeant Lewis Powell led to sexual encounters with, you know, another five other police officers. And she said, quote, I know what most people are saying. You know, couldn't have said no. And she says her response is, I did say no. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Eventually, she just gave into the pressure, she said, and in her interview with a local news outlet, let everybody know that she was filing a federal civil rights lawsuit against the police department and the several police officers claiming that she had been sexually groomed by the other officers and um, basically helped, you know, because of some marriage troubles and things like that, you know, because she was basically, according to her, the all-male second shift uh, at the department there. They lured her into promiscuity. She said when she was interviewed at the police department, they said this was like a big old family. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. If they're all family, ooh, that's even worse, isn't it? Right? Ugh. She may want to rethink this lawsuit, okay? Anyway, she says the police department wasn't protecting her, that she was the uh, victim of these sexual escapades, and it cost her and then four other police officers their job, including police chief Burrell Chip Davis. Two others have been suspended. Davis uh, was accused of contributing to Hall's sexual harassment. She says that her supervisors worked together to take advantage of her vulnerabilities and her mental health. She said, who do you even turn to when the chief of police is sexually harassing you? How could she get justice the entire time? Of course not. She couldn't quit, couldn't leave. No, I, I, I get it. Sexual harassment takes place, but you can do lots of things. My understanding, most police departments have like an HR department and they have to take those allegations very seriously. And they're not gonna fire the person complaining about these allegations because, well, that would be retaliation and they would get into more trouble. I think she's uh, just upset that she got caught, but we'll wait and see. And don't get me wrong, they should all be fired. No one should be having uh, relationships uh, with people that they work with. It just shouldn't happen. Next on the docket, Sam Bankman Freed. Case gets worse, if that was even possible. That's right, the bankrupt crypto exchange FTX now says that $8.8 billion in customer funds are unaccounted for in a massive shortfall. Yeah, $8.8 billion, that's more than a shortfall. That's theft. Obviously, the um, cast doubt on whether the bill clients will ever see their money back. No, they're not. They're not. Now, what have I said over the years? In most financial crime cases, there should be a defense called greed and that the person investing in these high-risk adventures and uh, giving away their money to people in the hopes that they will get rich, um, there's a little bit of greed involved. You gambled, you lost. Bitcoin was gambling. People lost. But goes back to another rule, don't take other people's money 
And if you do take it, you have to be safe with it and explain if you lost it, how you lost it, not just like, oh, sorry. Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried has a bunch of trouble coming his way. And needless to say, auditors uh, leading FTX through the bankruptcy said they had identified just $2.8 billion in assets towards the $11.6 billion that customers are owed from their accounts. That's with a billion, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if that $8.8 billion was used fraudulently, FTX would rank as one of the biggest scams in the United States history behind the $78 billion Enron scandal and the $65 billion Bernie Madoff uh, scandal, which, where he stole money from clients. Now, FTX filed for bankruptcy on November 11th, and the founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, is charged with siphoning billions in clients' funds to prop up his hedge fund, Almeda Research, and, uh, you know, buy lavish property in the Bahamas and splash out huge donations. Three of Bankman-Fried's top lieutenants at uh, FTX, including his former lover, Almeda boss Caroline Ellison, have pled guilty to fraud charges and agreed to cooperate in the investigation against old Sam Bankman-Fried. And this new report, overseen by FTX restructuring chief John J. Ray, found that the customer fund's shortfall was primarily traceable to Almeida's net borrowing of $9.3 billion from FTX.com, the company's international exchange. Hey, don't worry. I'm gonna let a complete amateur who has no real experience investing in other people's money, just borrow $9.3 billion and make a couple of bets in cryptocurrency, for God's sakes. Are you kidding me? Due diligence, people. Due diligence. Remember that word. Yes, you have to check out people that you're going to give your money to. Anyway, so things got a little worse for Sam Bankman-Fried this week because a former FTX engineer um, and a director, Nishad Singh, became the third high-level executive to plead guilty to criminal charges in the case. Plea agreement was another sign, obviously, the prosecutors are circling in on old Sam Bankman-Fried, who was hit with four additional criminal counts uh, late last month after pleading not guilty to the original eight-count indictment of fraud and conspiracy. Now, Tuesday, Mr. Singh pled guilty to six criminal counts, telling the court, I am, well, I'm really sorry for my role in this whole big mess. And according to a civil complaint filed separately on Tuesday by the United States Security and Exchange Commission, Mr. Singh used his computer skills to backdate fraudulent fund transfers and set up an unlimited line of credit for Almeida using client funds. Is, is there something wrong with that? Backdating? Huh. Who knew? Well, I'm sure a bunch of smart people at FTX knew. That's why it's wrong. Anyway, court documents also accuse Singh of acting as a straw donor for Bankman Free to covertly donate tens of millions of dollars in order to influence lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to pass legislation favorable to his company. Are you saying that Washington is for sale? Are you saying that, that politicians have a price and they can be bought with donations to their campaign? <laughs> Who would have thought of such a thing? Anyway, prosecutors say that Mr. Bankman-Fried used Singh to donate to liberal causes and candidates and another executive to donate to Republicans, with many donations funded by Almeida and including FTX customer funds. The indictment alleges that political consultants working for Sam Bankman-Fried told Singh that 
your being the center left face of our spending will mean you giving donations to a lot of woke causes. The indictment also alleges that Singh identified in the court documents only as CC1, co-conspirator one, gave more than $1 million to a pro-LGBTQ group at Bankman Freed's direction, who I'm sure they are going to give all the money back so that the customers can be made whole. And Mr. Singh also contributed $8 million to left-leaning campaigns in the 2022 election cycle, including $1.1 million on July 7th to the LGBTQ Victory Fund. I'm sure all those politicians are giving all of the money back. Ha! <laughs> No, they're not. We we went through a list of them several weeks ago, and they're not giving the money back. So I hope the trustee in the bankruptcy claws it back and all the organizations that got the money and claw it back. Due diligence, ladies and gentlemen, you have to check out where the money is coming from. And finally, our dumb criminal of the day. The Broward Sheriff's Office deputies arrested an Ohio woman Tuesday after she was accused of making a bogus bomb threat at the Fort Lauderdale um, International Airport. And according to the arrest report, deputies responded to Terminal 1 after TSA agents reported a security alert from a carry-on bag belonging to Dorian Young Davis of Dayton, Ohio. Authorities said while being patted down by the TSA agents, Ms. David was heard saying, whole time they missed a whole bomb in my bag. Detectives have not said what item caused the security alert, but Davis was arrested and later transported to the Broward Sheriff's Office uh, without incident. She is facing charges of making a false report or bomb threat against the government or publicly owned property. So my guess is since they uh, found something, maybe it was the detonator that was on her person. I don't know, but it was a fake bomb. Thank goodness. But really, come on, you know better. You know, people can forget a firearm, maybe a pocket knife, but a whole fake bomb. And then TSA didn't even find it until they were searching her. Oh, I don't know. Well, that's right. She is still the dumb criminal of the day, not the TSA agents who, frankly, if you can find any reason not to fly commercial, TSA is got to be at the top of the list. Anyway, Big week, finally, after 28 days, the Alec Murdoch trial is over with. If you want to watch any portion of it, we have it from beginning to end. Thanks to Frank, the hardest working man in show business. Big shout out to him for taking care of all that. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next week on Crime Talk. Crime Talk.